a four. John, today we will be discussing how to design a one-page RPG. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. And then right after, you will be forced to play it. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Tune into Splatbook for the actual play of the as-yet-unnamed one-page RPG that Chris and I are about to design. Hello and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. <laughs> no, I'm not, you, you are I'm not. I'm not Andy Rao. I'm John Corey. Hi, everybody. Yes, this week we're, we're joined by John. Uh, Andy is out with COVID. Um, he will hopefully be back for the, the next episode, but um, after some scheduling mishaps, we just decided, you know, let's, let's just call in the big guns. We'll call in fan favorite John Corey. He'll come in and save us. <laughs> well, get well soon, Andy. I mean, whenever I hear somebody has COVID, I worry, but it sounds like you're on the road to recovery. Yes, yeah, he, he is on the road to recovery. Yeah. Um, so uh, today we're going to be talking about this, uh, this topic, but before we get into that, um, I'm going to surprise you with something. Uh, yeah. So I want to know. So John, you have uh, you have. Let's say you've acquired a couple of um, RPG books this year. Uh huh. Is there are there any of them that you particularly like that you think are like wow this is a, this is a good one to either read or to run? Oh, so uh, there was a um, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Su- surprise everybody! There was a Kickstarter from Free League Publishing. Okay. Um, and they, I, I think that. I'm trying to remember if the Kickstarter ran early this year or late last year, but they the delivery came of just a couple months ago. It was new material for Vasen, which I'm about to start a campaign of. And the book that surprised me, there were two books that were going to be included. The one I backed it for was called Mythic Britain and Ireland. So it was going to be a bunch of uh, adventures in Great Britain from the 1800s in Ireland, and it was going to be about fairies and fairy folk living in those places there was another book that i didn't really ever didn't really consider it was just part of the kickstarter it was called seasons of mystery Hmm. and that that is an expansion to vassin and it's set in scandinavia like the rest of the adventures in vassin are but in reading it it actually had a really nice theme and i enjoyed all of the adventures the theme was each adventure is set in a different season so there's one in spring oh. one in one in summer one in fall and one in winter yeah and they are the the vasen are thematically appropriate hmm. and the theme really revolves around that like like in the summer there's a huge problem with wildfires um you know and in the winter there's it's it's colder than it's ever been so it's it's really leaning into that and i you know not to keep pushing the same material over and over but they just keep knocking it out of the park and these yeah. adventures in seasons of mystery i think it was good like i was expecting mythic britain and ireland to be good because it's graham davis uh, and he worked on like warhammer 40k like oh. like he's been he's been working in this industry forever so i was like this is going to be great but they had this other book that i just didn't expect to be as good as it was and it was a nice surprise that's nice is the idea that you could run the um all four of those seasons back to back I think so, but I think I've decided. So as I'm starting a, a Vassin campaign, I've decided to run one of them, and it's not going to be in order. I've decided not to like start with Spring, mm-hmm. um, and I won't say which one, but I've picked one out of that group that I think is really good, and I'm going to actually kick off our campaign with that. One of the nice things about Vassin and other free league games is they do have like a level up mechanic, mm-hmm. but it's pretty tame. Right. You're just yeah. like you're just leveling up like this skill here and this feature here. Like you're not like suddenly, you no, know, you know, at fifth level, you don't get fireball or whatever. Well, then um, what's the point of playing Vassin? I know. I so 
So we're only going to play it twice. No, seriously. Um, but what it means is all adventures are compatible with all groups. I mean, there are some that are better for more experienced players, but you know, you, adjusting difficulty is very easy. They're not yeah. wildly different in difficulty because you you're, you play regular humans the whole time. Sometimes you do get better at stuff, but you also sort of become a, a you know insane disaster as the game goes. So that's good. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Is it, I mean, is it designed, like, is Vassin designed to drop in and out of it? I guess, like, from week to week, or are you telling a complete story over the course of a campaign with that? So, all of the, all of the mysteries, and it is, it is a game about solving mysteries, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the, that is the core value of the game. Um, it is designed so that you are a group who lives together and works collectively. So, oh, cool. So you can't, so they give you a lot of stuff to connect the mysteries, but there's not a super clear overarching plot. So what I'm hoping to do is let the, as I'm using pre-generated mysteries with some modifications, what I'm hoping to do is let the, the backgrounds that all the players have given me inform the overarching plot. How do we start to pull these things together combined with some of the bits they give you in the book for, uh, you know, competing organizations or people with nefarious mm-hmm. plans or that kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't, you know, surprising no one, I don't have my Uber plot all mapped out before we start. We'll, we'll figure that out as we go, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't heard, um, John on this podcast before, um, he is not what I would call a GM who has, um, has like the Bible that he's going back to in between yeah. sessions, the, the story Bible. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's great though. I mean, I think uh, your players are going to have uh, quite a bit of fun, I think with that, that campaign. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Well, yeah, thank you for that. Um, and then I failed to mention that you are, uh, you're one of the hosts on our sister podcast, the splat book. That's uh, right. Yeah. So can, I'll, I'll give you a chance to maybe pitch a little bit too at the end of it, but can you just like the quick pitch for splat book just in case there's, Somehow someone who has only listened to this podcast and never listened to yours. So I do it with my friend Kyle Latino. Kyle mm-hmm. is an art professor, and he's really interested in different ways to um, get at RPGs from a design standpoint. Like, how can art help you design or create in RPGs? Um, how can maps do that? And so what we do is we just kick around different RPG topics each time, um, and so there's usually a theme. For example, the last episode, which will drop a week after this one, is about difficulty. Mm-hmm. And how do you make uh, difficulty interesting? What's the difference between game difficulty? What's the difference between player skill and character skill? What's the difference between difficulty and likelihood? So we take a usually a broad concept or genre of an RPG, and then we talk about it. Um, and Kyle and I love this stuff. So yeah. tends, we tend... So far, every episode we've recorded, we just tend to get lost for a minute and get really excited talking about it and challenging <laughs> each other. So yeah. um, that makes it hard to edit. But as I have to do the editing, Kyle doesn't care. But that's yeah. my pitch. It's a yeah. it's an enthusiastic conversation about uh, a deep dive on a specific topic about tabletop RPGs. Yeah, this is really good. This is uh, something that I have been thinking about and trying to figure out a way to articulate, which I think will actually um, get us into our, our topic at hand a little bit, too. Is that I'm I'm feeling more and more that um, games and tabletop tabletop role playing games in particular, it's it's almost like a skill that you can pick up to to like take and modify um, in like a non commercial way. If this, mm-hmm. if this is making any sense at all, right? So like the idea is that you have all these bits and pieces that you're picking up, and like you are probably grabbing stuff from other streams, like reading a source book or like a cool idea that someone mentions. And that there is this concept that I think we are, we're going towards where 
like inventing these games on the fly is something that could happen more often. Like, um, mm, interesting. Yeah, more often at the table. Like, and that is a, that's a very cool part of the, of the hobby to right. me too. Right. Like, I think there's always been that element of like, you know, take D and D, make it your own, you know, throw away half the rules, that sort of stuff. But I, I think, I think there's, we might be getting to a point where there's almost like an improvisational, um, way to even put together game mechanics themselves. That's super interesting. Well, I guess we're gonna we're gonna try that out today. Yeah, yeah, we're so. probably gonna fail pretty miserably, but yeah. So let's let's <laughs> talk about this. So this topic was added by Tim Saucer, um, who has been on the podcast before. Yeah. So this is design a one page RPG. Um, so this is pretty daunting. I mean, like you know, one page RPGs I think can take quite a long time <laughs> to right. to actually design yeah. and develop and stuff like that. But um, yeah. So let's let's kind of do our best. And the uh, the place I always like to start is kind of defining our terms. So a one page RPG in in my mind is something where the rules sort to fit on like you know one page word doc you know that that style yeah an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper if you print it yeah yeah so super simple like you're probably going to be focused on one or two mechanics if that probably Mm -hmm. more like one (laughs) one mechanic um yeah and then uh you might hint at like a setting or you know a tone or something like that um right so that's that's sort of your your structure for the one page rpg yeah, and I'm trying to think, like, does a two-page RPG exist, or does it, like, jump up <laughs> from from one oh. page to ten pages? I don't know. I don't know yeah. the answer to that. Sometimes yeah. some people will do front and back. I've seen, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, I've seen some wonderful uh, scenarios back when, when Google Circles, was that what it was called? What was Google's social network that they did? That's they... to Google Groups. Google Groups. Google Groups? Um, no, that's not it. Yeah, no. but... Google's dead social network. For some yeah. reason... Uh, that we could explore another time mm-hmm. rpg errs loved that thing yeah. and there were groups for every obscure rpg you can think of it was wonderful it was a great mm-hmm. place to hang out if you were learning a new game you'd drop into a group and be like hey i'm new here and people would show you reference it was great i loved yeah. it um uh, but anyway so this guy would do he'd do a on one page he would do a map mm-hmm. of a dungeon he would call it one page dungeon. So one side would be a map and the other side would be the room descriptions. And that mm-hmm. was it. So that's more of a scenario thing. But yeah, I think the one page RPG was was really a tool to get people to hone their idea. What is your core concept and idea? I actually wrote a, 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 the other version is the 200 word RPG because one printed page is roughly 250 words. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wrote one for a contest uh, and did not win or was even considered. But <laughs> um, so I did go through this process once and maybe I could describe that process to you mm-hmm. and we could we could use that as sort of a base to come up with our own. Yeah, I mean, uh, you could, yeah, if you, if you, is there anything that like really stuck out to you from that process maybe? Like, cause I think, I think we should just also just start designing and sort of see where it goes. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think the big thing that stuck out is you have to have a theme. It can't just be a, a genre. I want to emulate a genre. It has mm. to be a very specific part of that genre that you are emulating. So for example, um, lasers and feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is really very specifically about problem solving in collective futuristic sci-fi games, right? So, how do people in Star Trek solve problems? They either use it, they either do it using technology or their intellect, mm-hmm. lasers, mm-hmm. or they do it through connecting with people or. Uh, figuring out the actual emotional needs of the of the creature and or situation in question feelings right so lasers and feelings gets down to the the theme is 
you know, Star Trek, essentially. And then what is it about Star Trek that is gameable and it's problem solving? And then how do they solve problems? Well, they do it one of two ways, right? So it's, it, it is making you be very specific about the theme, the mm-hmm. setting, because you could try to you have hacked lasers and feelings I know, and you can yeah. use it for different things, but but you have to make your own rules about it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah you do. Yeah, yeah. What, what I like about those and like the the hack, um, I think that you you actually played into this was like a Halloween. Yeah, game, is like it really drives the sorts of actions the players end up taking then too right like you're giving them like and i think that we should focus on this with the thing that we're going to design is like give someone a limited tool set um right yes. like so you're, you're almost saying like here's your hammer you know go find a bunch of nails right? exactly <laughs> exactly right yeah. so it's so there's there's only there's three ways to solve a problem right one is that you use what you're good at so mm-hmm. mr spock uses lasers because that's what he's good at uh captain kirk uses feelings because that's what he's good at um McCoy is between them, but what can also be interesting is when when a lasers person uses their feelings. So mm-hmm. when Spock is in a place where his emotions erupt and he can't control them, then he's using his feelings. Um, it, but still, those are the only tools they have at their disposal. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, let's see. So maybe let's, for our sake, let's try to find what that genre and that theme um, theme is going to be a little bit. I think yeah, that, that can maybe let's help just us. spitball. Spitball yeah. some stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Just things that leap out as, as genres that haven't been done a bazillion times. Uh, escaping a prison or a jail. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do mystery solving, but it'd have to be very specific kind of mystery solving. Yeah. Um, you could do um, like private detectives uh, trying to get confessions out of people. Yeah. Um, I like your your first idea there, you know, like kind of escaping from from a dungeon or a prison. Yeah, let's something. do that. Yeah, because so to me, the first thing that jumps out with that is like you know, so a lot of the a lot of one page RPGs I think will have like let's call it a light <laughs> character creation section. Right. Um, but I really like um, these styles of questions, especially like so. We, you and I played in a Brindlewood Bay game um, recently, which is so good. Which it's is why so I didn't good. bring up. So, which is why yeah. I steered away from solving mysteries. Yeah, right. Because we just played in the perfect game to do that. So yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but like so. One thing I liked about the character creation is you're essentially just asking a bunch. You you answer a number of questions about about the character that you're making. Right. Um, in there so it's not like you're picking stats although there's like one stat that you do pick <laughs> pick later on yeah but yeah yeah so i'm thinking like you know for this right so if we did the character creation i think could be a couple things it could just be like a like a defining feature of yourself and we can maybe come up with a better way to do that and like what mm-hmm. you're in for and why you want to escape yes right yeah yeah like, so that that's your, so, your character. so why you want to escape i would even call what you have to live for right Ooh, okay yeah yeah. Do we want to? Do we want to ask if? Um, it made me laugh when I thought of it. Do we want to say? Uh, they say no one's guilty in prison, right? Do, is one of the yeah. questions: Are you innocent or guilty? Oh or, yeah. Or did you oh, do yeah. it? Did yeah, you did do you what do you're in for? Yeah. What are you in for? And did you do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think is yeah, pretty good. Um, so I mean, I think the. Uh, so if we're gonna do this, I think the um, the name of this thing uh, is gonna be something like prison escape or dungeon escape right like the idea is that you are you are for sure doing this right and then all the action is going to flow from from that initial decision uh, yeah, yeah i like i like yeah. prison escape or yeah. or escape from prison um 
And I think we want to say prison instead of jail because jail sort of has a low stakes feel to it. And I think we're shooting for something a little. Who escapes mm-hmm. jail? You're just there for 90 days. Like prison has a suggestion that you're there for a long time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something that I'm thinking about, and I don't know how to how to pull this off really, is I wonder if there'd be a way to have half of the sheet, half of the one page, have something written on it, and then have like cut lines on it as well. So you almost mm-hmm. you cut up the you cut up part of the one page and shuffle those things in order to like create like maybe the the sequence of actions that have to happen or that you have to interact with. Um, yeah. So like I'm almost, almost thinking like like a, like a Mad Lib, right? Like like a Mad Lib or like can like, happen. Yeah. Yeah. Or like dungeon tiles or something like that. Like maybe you have like a very simple oh. like dungeon tile setup that's just yeah at the bottom of the page that you cut up. <laughs> a, a set of obstacles, right? Even if they're mm-hmm. not literal. You know, you have to dig through a wall or sneak past a guard or what are the what are the obstacles you typically run into? Mm-hmm. So either. So I like I like what you said, because one one easy way to do that would be a table. Right. Here's a D6 table. When you fail an action, here's a complication. Right. I try to sneak past the guard. I fail. The complication is I don't get caught, but the guy behind me does, mm-hmm. for example. But instead of doing that as a table, we could do them as little cards or chits that randomly get drawn. Yeah, I like on, that. I like that quite so, a bit. So what do you do next? We try to do this. Okay, here's the complication. And we can mm-hmm. add, um, you know, what are the challenges? And then we could have a set number of challenges that you have to overcome to tell mm-hmm. your story. Because I think one thing that has to be assumed here is that you do escape. Oh, interesting. Okay. So let me give you my, I'll give you my two second pitch on the game I designed, which was, it was, it was a, it was a one page RPG about being a supervillain. Okay. The in the text of the RPG, I said, "Look, supervillains always lose. The question is, how do they lose?" Yeah. You know. So, I think I want to bring that here and say, for for the great escape to work, Clint Eastwood has to escape. <laughs> the exciting part is how he does it. Now, it depends on the kind of gamer you are. Some people would say, "Well, that's dumb." But if you watch an American TV show, when's the last time you watched a mystery show where they didn't solve the mystery right yeah or or prison escape show where they didn't escape from prison so i think that has to be assumed and then the then the fun part is what are the complications between you and your goal yeah so then i mean so i think that also then gives the the person who's running the game a a hint at towards how how hard they're gonna go against the players right like yeah because i mean there's a scenario in which like if you were playing this in in, an antagonistic way you would just say well like all the guards surround you before you get out and like you're put back and yeah put back into your cell so then do we need some some guidelines so two thoughts i think we need some guidelines for our game master Mm -hmm. you know um you know the the goal is to complicate the players lives not prevent their escape for example would be a would be a guideline we would give the game master here yeah. But also, that assumes we have a game master. If we have an automated system to create complications, maybe it's just a bunch of players. Yeah, I mean, I think you could do that. And I don't really see why why you would need a game master, right? Like, I, yeah, I mean, if there's going to be any dice rolling, I think you could hand a, hand a die around. Um, yeah, yeah, I like this. Let's let's go with, like, a GM-less system, right? So there's probably, I mean, this always happens even in a GM-less system <laughs> or a board game. You always have one person who's, like, the, the rules master. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's just, and, the, the teacher, the tutor. The, yeah, uh, the teacher. Yeah. The tutor, the old-timer. Maybe you could call it the, the, the old-timer. old-timer. Yeah. I like that, yeah. Yeah, the old-timer in this one. So, yeah, choose, choose one person to be the old-timer who is 
just explicitly in charge of like i don't know making sure you <laughs> you're right the rules. yeah i just the, the the movie i thought of when you brought this up when we came up with this idea was the shawshank redemption yeah. and there's a great old timer in there mm-hmm. and um i was watching that movie with my dad and he said i know that guy i've seen him in more movies than i and i'd never seen him before He's mm-hmm. like, he's been in so many movies. I'm like, who? He's like, well, he just played the sergeant in like every war movie I ever yeah. saw. I do. It was yeah. just a great moment where the old timer literally was an old timer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's been around the block. <laughs> exactly. Many times. Exactly. Um, okay. So I like the, so I like this idea, right? So you, you kind of define your character. Um, you know, we don't have really a GM here. And the idea is that you have, I mean, do you even want to have like a dice roll for like how many complications you need to get through? Or is it just that there's, you know, you, you just have to do five of these, right? Like we, you cut up, cut up everything, you draw off the top of the deck the first five. I think something like that because the other option would be you'd have to use do something complex like, like it can't be one. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's not much of a game. So you have to add a modifier to the die. And if it's a D6, then you're talking about three through eight. And eight feels like too many. So then yeah. maybe it's a die four, but then... Yeah, it's point, like part of the point is that you can do it with just a die six. So mm-hmm. I think just a set number, get through yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll give I, you eight. Shuffle them. Get through five of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah get yeah. Get eight get through five. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like you know, is three. So if you have, um, let's say you have three players, mm-hmm. are they all getting through the same five obstacles? Or they... Oh, interesting. I, that's a great question. I think maybe that's the turn-based part of it, is everybody mm-hmm. takes a turn. People can collectively solve complications, but mm-hmm. each player draws one, and they they start. So it's draw the complication and describe it to your fellow players. Mm-hmm. right? So that's your role as a player. And then collectively you guys solve the complication. Yeah. Cause I our, like that. I think... or, or what yeah, about this? What if it's like... What if it's the the first two are separate, and then the the next two are together, and then the last one is separate, or something like that, right? So you have this this almost like, right? So you you each or maybe it's like the the first one is separate, so that's like you're getting getting to the the meetup spot, okay? And then you have a couple that are together, and then there's one for the like the final escape. I got you. That's great. So that so. What you've just solved there, which is great, is compounding complications, which is mm-hmm. what makes these stories great. You've gotta you've gotta dig through this hole while well, you've got the you've got the hole hidden behind a, a poster in your cell, mm-hmm. but now you just found out the warden's gonna toss your cell tonight. Yes. Right. So not only do you have to dig through the prison wall, but there has to be a second complication to to give you to make you do it. So that you can't just take months or years doing it. So <laughs> I think that's important. Like start with the situation and then introduce, like, go around. We'd ha- I don't think we have to work out the exact mechanic, but go mm-hmm. around and introduce, one, like, two complications per turn. And people take turns drawing them and, and describing them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so is there a complications and, an, like, an actions deck, if that makes sense, right? So you almost have, like, complications are things that make whatever your scenario a little bit more complicated, and then actions uh-huh. are actions you actually have to take to get out. <laughs> You know? Well, I think there's two ways we could do the actions. One is is could be attributes, right? Like, um, you know, wits, brawn, uh, sneaky, for example, or um, objects, crowbar, um, you know, nail file, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think those need to be the player's resources, whether they're attributes or material things they have that they then spend to solve the complications. 
Hmm. That's interesting. Now, the, now they could be random, right? You could yeah. you could have you could shuffle them out and, and hand out two per player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. So you have you maybe have a couple things in your cell or on your person, and then you you have to use those um, in order to get through. I, I think I don't want stats. That's just okay. a, a sense that I have. I think I don't like stats. I think the the hook for this is, you know, like I think the hook is right. You're telling a collaborative kind of story about you, how you have how your you belt escape. and a nail file. How are you yeah. using these to overcome these complications? Yeah, or you you have a cake that someone baked you that. Actually, right, doesn't have the nail file in it, but you have a cake. Right? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, wacky ones or serious ones. Like mm-hmm. you can, uh, you can also label them so people can choose their tone. Right? Yeah. Um, I just, I'm just thinking, like maybe you, uh, like you know, a lot of guys will have like you know, like people will have books and stuff in, in their cell. But like, I'm imagining if you had like a like a copy of like the encyclopedia, like a, a large book <laughs> right? yes. like, or like a family Bible, something like that. Like, yeah, one nice. of those old school family Bibles is like, that's, that's got some heft to it <laughs> that you might. Yeah. They should be useful, use. but not directly. Right. So a, a pair of bolt cutters is not, is too obvious, but you know, something else, uh, like a giant book, like how would you use that to solve your problem? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. Giant book. Or I mean, even the cake, I mean, you could see like a couple, couple scenarios, right? Like you use it as a bribe or there's some dogs running after you and you, you throw it for the dogs. Yeah. yeah. Or you manage to squirt away a pack of cigarettes, you know, you know, like that's incredibly useful. That's, that's, that's uh that's a prison economy, right? So all yeah. of these things, Okay. Uh, you've got the snitch has caught you. Uh, you know, I try to talk him into taking my cigarettes instead of turning me in kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I think then, right, so I think we have, like, again, like, so you're going to kind of cut up this piece of paper a little bit. So there's going to be a list of 20, 20 items or something that everybody gets to draw two, right. two from uh, from this. Um, yeah, and if we don't want to do, like, the cutting up thing, I mean, maybe you, then you just, like, associate them with playing cards or something like that, right? Like, there's yeah. some mechanism for, like, how like, you get this. But, I mean, I think there's something fun about cutting. <laughs> yeah, I cutting think so, up. too. And I like your – I just visually like the idea of the bottom half of the piece of paper being eight or 12 complications that you say, okay, these are your cards. Cut these out. Shuffle them. Mm-hmm. So, like, like when I'm looking – when I'm visualizing the sheet in my mind, it says escape from prison at the top. And then it's got uh, you are an inmate, okay? You uh, answer these three questions – Here's a list of 20 items you can have. Pick two. Nobody should have the same item. Mm-hmm. And here are the complications below. And yeah. that is a cutout sheet that you then shuffle, and those are the cards you play with. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, so I would say, I think I want the, the things you pick to be random. I think that, that's more okay. fun. So there's like kind of yeah. one, you just, you know, like you pick those at random. And I think then the complications that are sort of like the the big the big part of it. I guess, like, let's go back. Do you like the idea of it being sort of like, Individual complication, group complication, individual complication. Does that make sense? To it does you? make sense. Okay. We'd have to. That would be a tough one to write, um, and we'd have to write a mechanic for it that's based on the number of players. So, yeah. so for example, it should be number of players minus one, or you know something like that. Otherwise, um, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just so either tra- have to be very specific. I yeah, I think maybe you're just traveling in a group. Um, yeah, you're traveling in a group, and then it's sort of up to the group to tell the story about how how you get get around it. Maybe maybe the the one sentence in there is like make sure that everybody contributes. <laughs> in some yeah, way. though right. I do like the idea of multiple complications. I you know that's a mechanic we'd have to work into it just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, or maybe at the end of the card it says and then, 
you know, so you, you get, you sneak through the laundry and it says, and just when you thought you were out, dot, 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 and then you turn over the next complication. Oh, so like something to connect the complications. Yeah. Um, this is, again, probably more complicated, but would we want to have like um, three categories of complications, like starting, middle, and end? Oh, that's even better because then we could just write them as compound. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll have a deck of starting, a deck of middle, and a deck of end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. you're talking three. It's very clear. And the middle one can be compound. Yes. You know, not only is the laundry, not only is the guard you bribed not working in the laundry that day, but it's, um, but there's a lockdown because of something else, right? Like, like what are the compound? Um, yeah. So there's a beginning one, which is, here's the first easy hurdle. A middle one, which is multiple uh, difficulties. And then a final one, which is the big sort of grand one. Mm-hmm. Which is not mundane. It's huge. You've got to, You can see the light, but this is between you and the light, and you've yeah. got to solve that using all the, your remaining stuff. Yes, I like that quite a bit. Um, yeah, I think that's a good a good setup. And like maybe you could just say like you know for a longer game, add additional middle complications. Yeah, yeah you, know, like, you know if you want to play a longer game, add a second middle complication. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's. Um, so I think this is a pretty good structure. Let's stop for a second and come up with some examples of what the the start middle and end ones could be sure um yeah so like yeah i'll like okay so this is this is actually a good question because i immediately was like i don't know what any of the starting, <laughs> the starting complications <laughs> would be i mean i think uh like going back to what you said like um you know maybe it's just uh maybe it's something maybe like the starting complication is like uh, a new warden is starting his job today yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, um, yeah, it'll be a it'll be a, a motivating factor, I think, mm-hmm. right? Like, you had all agreed on a prison break. Um, you've met in a location, and maybe we we have them some choices for the location: the laundry room, the library, the rec mm-hmm. hall. Um, you know, uh, complication, unexpected change of guard, new warning today, or new warden today. Um, item you were promised is not there. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's your starting complication. So you were promised that the, the guard promised to leave you the key to the outer cell. Uh, it's not there. How are you going to get out instead? Yeah. That's, that's your first complication. And then you can get your compound. Yeah. So that's my example. Would it be? Um, yeah, that makes sense. I'm wondering, like, I think each of those are going to have to be a little bit wordy. I'm almost wondering if maybe it should be like opportunity. Like the first card you pull is your opportunity. If that oh, makes nice. Sense. Yeah, so, like, the idea being that, you know, for the most part, every day is relatively the same, but on this day, your opportunity arises. And then you flip nice. it over, it's like, there's how a new How do you warden. exploit it? So, the first yeah. complication isn't, you've got to say how you exploit it. Uh, cell doors yeah. left open, what are you yeah. going to do? Or something along those lines. Okay. Yeah, so those, yeah. We probably want it to be a bit oblique. Again, taking from Brindlewood Bay, right, I think, like, one of the, the strengths of that game is just, like, the, the clues are written, like, just vague enough that you can kind of connect them and in lots of different ways. So I'm wondering if the, like, it's not like the doors are unlocked, but like, um, you find a key, right? Yes. And then it's like, okay, well, does that key open the main exit? Does it open like a specific cell? Right. Like then you can kind of narrate, narrate that. Yeah. So that, so the, so the opportunity is you find a key and the narration, the shared narration is what is it, what does it open and how does it let you get to the next player or the other players? Yeah. Okay. So you find a key, there's a new warden, um, what's something else that could happen? Um, oh, what if there's like, uh, uh, there's a prison riot. 
Like, yeah. Like, I know that sounds really scary, but, like, mayhem is an opportunity in this situation. Yeah. Like, you plan to escape, but suddenly there's a riot. Yeah. Your opportunities come sooner than you expected. Describe, what is it over? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, riot. Oh, like a, uh, a storm knocks the power out. Right. Oh, power outage. No, that's really good. Yeah. Like, gen- power outage and generator fails. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So that, I think that's like, you know, a handful of those opportunities. And then, so the, the middle section <sighs> opportunity, I, I want, I want some like fun names for this. Cause I, I like opportunity as a thing. And then like the, the last thing could be like final escape or something. Or like, yeah, I like the off, middle off one was, the sunset. it's going to be, you gotta be kidding me or something like that. Like, yes. Oh, that's perfect. You've got to be kidding. <laughs> what are the chances? Why yes. does it always happen to me? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what are the chances? Um, that's probably that's good. And then yeah, not only is the guard you bribed not in the laundry, but um, you know, mm-hmm. and then yeah, the I think this is where you, I think the, this section I think we imply imply the plan part of it a little bit. Yes. Right? like you said, like the guard's not in the laundry, or you know, there's there's two guards. You know, <laughs> like yeah, right. We've like got to so give you... some narrative framework so they're not mm-hmm. just making it up out of whole cloth. And I think this is right. This is where we say. You know, you had planned to do X and Y, but this is complicated by these two things. Yeah. So it's like a like tunnel collapsed. Yeah. There's an additional guard. Um, yeah. Like the, uh, <laughs> they're building a fence. <laughs> you know, like, yes. Yeah. They're New building construction a in the prison. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like another prison group has stolen your idea and is trying yes. to steal your resources. <laughs> yeah. Another group of escapees. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. So I guess uh, let's just just real quick talk through like uh, how the how would that work, right? So you flip over, you know, there's another group of prison escapees. So I think we would right. Then it goes in kind of the discussion mode of like, yeah. Then you... what what of your resources are they trying to take? Mm-hmm. Um, how are you going to talk them out of it? What do you need to offer them to to prevent them? Or how do you deceive them to make sure that they get left behind? So there'll be question pro- probing questions, and you and we to give the players agency, we allow them to choose a probing question, mm-hmm. right? So they can deceive them, or partner with them, or um, trade with them, right? Yeah. So, so we can sort of present those as narrative questions: one, two, three. Do you want to mm-hmm. trade? And and what does that look like? Yeah, I think that's good. And then if um, if we're finding that like we're running out of room <laughs> on the page, right. I right. think you just knock it down to like one question or something. It's like yeah, there's yes. like there's a yeah another group is escaping. Um, do you join or join them or like, yeah or what do you have to give up to to yeah. gain an advantage over them or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the so the last one like the off into the sunset, um, like the the final escape escape thing yeah right? like yeah so i mean i i mean i my mind immediately goes towards like swan dive into the lake <laughs> you know like something like that you know swan dive into the lake or yeah you know the the hatch opens or you know some sort of event like that so you're kind of narrating like how did you get to that point and then then out from there yeah and there but i think there has to be the one final complication this is the mm. big boss of it um mm. you know you you've so in our in our middle scenario, you were you were digging a tunnel to the sewer to the sewer manhole, and you get there. But just as you uh, arrive at the manhole and you can see the light filtering in from the holes in the manhole cover above, you hear a voice, and it's your nemesis, uh, the guard. Yeah, right? you know. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So so state the state the wonderful thing that's going to happen. You've you've 
dug out the sidewall, all you have to do is dive 15 feet into water. Mm-hmm. Um, the lake's dried up. <laughs> the lake's dried up. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so your plan... So these should tie. Well, the problem with that is that these would have to tie in with the middle one, so we'd have to we'd have to figure that out. So maybe yeah, the I middle think, one just needs to stay vague, right? Yeah, I think the middle one, and I think the the end end has to be somewhat vague too, right? So it can't be, um, like yeah, you can't reference like so. I think I like the idea of and there's you know one final guard you have to get past. Yeah, you know right, but like not like you know the guard from your previous. <laughs> what are the chances? Is exactly. There, right? Yeah, so I think like yeah, there's one final guard, um, you know, or like. Yeah, you are like a foot race with a guard or something like that. Is like yeah, a, and going back to sort of your Madlib idea, what if one of the first questions is, you know, who is your nemesis within the prison? The warden, mm-hmm. a specific guard, another yeah. in, another inmate. And then in the end, it can be um, you're faced with one of your nemesises or all of them. Fill mm-hmm. in the blank there between you and your goal. How do you deal yeah. with that? Yeah, I like that. Okay. I mean, I think that's pretty good. We should, we should probably wrap it up there. We've been going, yeah. going for almost 40 minutes or so, but like, yeah, the, so I like this, you know, so prison escape, like, so you start with your character generation, you're just answering a couple, a couple questions about it. And then from there you are, you're randomly selecting some items from a list. Um, again, you're either cutting these out or using playing cards or something to, yeah. to, to, to pick them. And then you are, you're picking a, a, your opportunity for escape. And then one or more, what are the chances? And then a final off into the sunset. Uh, Perfect. Complication. And I think that's that's really fun. I think that I would love be a nice, that. like, 20, 30-minute game you could you could throw down to, to play with a group. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank All you, right. John, for going on this exploration with me. <laughs> yeah, this is super fun. Thanks for having yeah. me. And get well yeah. soon, Andy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Yeah, so I guess the, I should do some of the wrap-up stuff. So Roll for Topic is part of the Roll for It Media Podcasting Network. Our sister show is The Splat Book with John Corey and Kyle Latino. John Corey, of course, is the person you've been listening to who had all the good ideas <laughs> during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and we'll, hopefully Andy will be um, back in the hot seat uh, come, come next episode. But, uh, yeah, again, John, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, anytime I love, um, I love co-hosting with you. So let me know. For sure. Yep. All right. Well, I've been Chris Salzman. And remember, if your players are having fun, you're a great GM. 